Howdy, and welcome to the penultimate episode before the World Cup. Uh, this is episode 16 of the FPL Jingle. As always, my co-host Stephen Meiselbach is here. How are you, Steve? Well, Owen, it's hard to believe that it's already been like 15 weeks. We're almost halfway through the season already. It feels like it's gone by in a flash. Yeah, just just waiting for, for us to be good at it. Because that that'll happen eventually. Yeah, yeah. no, that that's the, that's that's supposed to happen, right? Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, people with real lives will probably move on to bigger and better things, and then yeah. we'll uh, we'll reap the rewards. I was thinking about this the other day. On, do you think if somewhere in the world has someone gone to a therapist or someone for depression because of fantasy football? I imagine uh, it's uh, happened absolutely. at least once somewhere in at some time in history. I absolutely. There's a uh, if you if you keep an eye on r slash uh, fantasy pl, it's like a regular topic. Uh, not 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 to laugh at it. Like uh, no but, no, I'm not trying to laugh at it either. Yeah. I'm just like it genuinely came into my head, and I was like, I wonder if that's a thing. Yeah yeah, I think uh, I think uh, but but sports fans as well, I'd say are like that. You know, like people who who are mad into a team, and then they'll go to a therapist and say, "Geez, I'm angry all the time." And they say, "Oh, it's maybe because of the sports," but probably something underlying as well probably yeah it reminds me of the uh the paddy power adverts they did for like being an everton fan when they were close again relegated and it was like the the counseling meetings you know like almost like almost like alcoholics anonymous you know can't say i remember those now but yeah i do my heart goes out to any everton fan aside from one that i know of <laughs> yeah yeah they're they they chose that life <laughs> I, i'm not sure they did does that does anyone <laughs> some people some people do pick their team i think i did actually now that i look back on it when i was very young but often yeah, it's, it's well. bestowed upon you i suppose yeah it depends like and on you don't if... pick everton no you don't pick everton <laughs> it's it, it's like choosing your starter pokemon Except like there's no there's not a chance that you can actually pick Everton. Uh no, like it'd be it'd probably just be a not not an option. It'd be grade. You, 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 yeah, like, as if you could unlock it, but never. That, it'd be like if you completed the game and you wanted to do it on like hard mode next time around, you'd pick like <laughs> Everton, and then just make your life even more miserable for yourself. So we're gonna probably not watch a lot of the Premier League games next weekend, Steve. We've. Uh, a big, big announcement to make. Uh, is it a big announcement? I don't know. Like, we're going to Anything the... Is. I suppose, yeah. Once you call it. Uh, yeah, once you call it that. Uh, we're, yeah, we're going to the NFL game in Munich to see who own. The Tampa Bay Buckaroos versus the Seattle Seahawks, of course. Okay, and who's the starting quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks? Uh... I don't know, John Trady. <laughs> John Trady, Tom Bay, Tom Brady versus John Trady. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in a battle to decide who can actually yeah. have the better name. If you had a fat Tom Brady, just call him John Gravy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that just sounds like the name of a, of a manager for like Blackpool or something. Sam Allardyce two Yeah. Um, fantasy football, Steve. How was your weekend? No, we're not talking about that. Oh, we're going to talk about Mu- next weekend. We're going to talk about Munich and all the fun we're going to have there, aren't we? 
We don't have to talk about last weekend, do we? <laughs> Munich and John Gravy and uh, fun. <laughs> and yeah, like remember the fun time with John Gravy? That was that, that, that was a great time. How no, about we, I, how, <laughs> I was going to suggest we delve into the the cesspit that is the Qatar World Cup. That'd be fun too. Oh yeah, that sounds like way more fun. Uh, no, I had a terrible week. I only scored forty five. I had another bad one. Um, Pope, Dyer, Williams, Patterson coming off the bench for me because of Mitrovic not playing, even though I had Andres Pereira second sub, which is annoying. Uh, De Bruyne, Saka, Martinelli. Uh, I had Kane and Haaland and then Foden. And uh, yeah, it was just... It doesn't seem like it's that bad a team. Like White, Martinelli, Saka, all good. Like De Bruyne, Haaland, all like good. Foden's supposed to be good <laughs> uh, when he plays. Uh, but can't, he won't play him. Uh, Mitrovic is good, but he was injured, and then just yeah, it's just just a nightmare for me. I'm, I I am crawling to the break. Like I, the break can't come fast enough for me. I'm, I'm bleeding points here on. Yeah, you've had, you've had two stinkers on the trot. This is this is an eight million uh, rank for you. So two million people yeah. behind you, Steve. So you're better than all those people. Um, probably taller than them too. So just remember that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You what have you? One, two, three, four, one pointers. Uh, Nico Williams and Patterson, probably weak enough guys to have to feel this week. I think I think a yeah, lot of yeah. us though are taking hits left and right with players getting injured and stuff. Yeah, like I just I've gone weak at at the, at the back with the with the defenders, so I knew that was a potential issue. Um. But like Mitrovic not playing meant then that Patterson came in for me, and then I had the option of playing Guayhi against West Ham, who away, and I just didn't like the look of that. So, you know, it was going well for <laughs> for for Nottingham Forest until it wasn't. So, yeah. Anyway, you had a much better week on. You managed to finish above the uh, above the average. Yeah, I got a what? What did I get? A fifty-eight. 58 sorry yeah 13 more points than you i was trying to do some quick maths there unfortunately i'm not very quick at maths boom two plus two is four minus one that's three quick maths uh that that saw me get a red arrow all the same i was five above the average i I remained roughly around the same rank i think around almost 500,000 no no 400,000 um and i did I, i had a pretty much a nice week but Kind of the same, yeah. So I'll, I'll just list what I got. I got I got Hallands ten, captained De Bruyne seven, Zaha twelve, and Trippier twelve. They're like my two massive point getters. Uh, White got me five, and Pope got me three. Gehi, Jesus, Foden, Martinelli doing very little. Also Wilson, who I brought in for Mitrovic. I wasn't aware that he was sick, and not in the good way. So that was a bit annoying. Yeah, it it was only announced I think like after the press conferences on Friday, and then. You know, even Wilson and Eddie Howe said, "Ah, no, it'll probably be fine by the time he plays." And he did start the game, but he was taken off at halftime because he wasn't feeling well and he didn't have the energy. So they were already one 0 up in that game. So it kind of made sense to pull him off. I wonder is he in contention for England? Yeah, he's in the fifty-five man squad for England. But I think it, that striker that it, it's that third striker spot because you imagine it's going to be Kane and Tammy one-two. And then it comes down to uh, even oof, do you take Rashford as a striker? He'd be more of a kind of a forward, kind of like winger for me. 
and then they've already got loads of players in that department. Uh, for me, it was kind of coming down to like Calvert Lewin, Tony Wilson, and then Calvert Lewin got injured in the game at the weekend against Leicester, so he might be out now. And so then you're kind of, and then Tony is potentially getting investigated for this um, gambling issue that he had uh, a long time ago before his time at Brentford. So you actually do wonder if that's uh, someone who's just waited and for their, for their moment to try and take him down a peg. Uh, he said he's in uh, helping with the investigation and Brentford have said they are as well so we'll see what happens well the last time something like this happened it just reminded me of Joey Barton and he did get a suspension so whether that will be applied to playing the World Cup I'm not sure about it'll be yeah uh, hard to know I I mean like I I say it'll be cruel it's poor timing that the World Cup is now but also, you know, gambling on the sport you're playing is kind of disgusting too. Yeah, so but I mean, it, really I don't cruel. even know if he'd have. I don't know if he'd have gone anyway because he was in Southgate's squad for the friendlies, uh, the last squad he did put, he picked, but he didn't play a minute. Like you would have thought he'd have at least gotten on the field for his first cap, but he didn't. So um, that's a bit annoying for him, I suppose. But uh, yeah, like Wilson's definitely in with a show if he can stay fit. Yeah. So, yeah, Wilson rounded off my squad just with one pointer. That was my free transfer. I brought in Wilson for Mitrovic. Had it done nothing and just played Andreas, who just gets points whenever he's on my bench. I'd have been far happier. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of annoying. I, I feel like I missed a trick. I don't know. Like, I, I got rid of Madison out of annoyance and got Foden, who's doing Shagall. And then Almiron and possibly Leicester and Newcastle defenders this past while. Maybe we should have been better or wiser to that probably but i mean i didn't think that amaran could keep it going he's got seven and seven now like i just i just thought he'd drop off uh so yeah hold my hands up on that one got that one wrong but i mean it's not like he i mean like how many players have got uh, gone on a streak like this you know it reminds you kind of jamie vardy when leicester were making that charge for the title like nobody thought he could keep it going as long as he did and actually break the record, but uh, yeah, look, that's the way it is. Uh, he'll be he'll be sickened that he that he has to they have to stop playing the games with the international break. He'll he'll have wanted to keep going. Absolutely, and uh, the the force that Newcastle will come back with as well with Isaac and uh, have they another? Oh yeah, well, same Max. Yeah, same Max came back yeah. like he made an he made a sub appearance and got an assist for the Gimaraish goal. Assist is a kind word. He, he passed it to Gimaraish and Gimaraish scored from outside the box. So, uh, make of that what you will. But, uh, they yeah, all like they'll have, they all count in fantasy. Um, so, um, that's another one that will be back at full strength after the World Cup. So, yeah, they'll have a lot more options to pick from. Absolutely. Um, I think, yeah, it'll be interesting to chat about the wild card after the World Cup and, and, and yeah, what teams we'll really end will. up with. But that's a topic for two podcasts' time. Uh, lessons were learned from game week 15. Um, you're an absolute idiot if you played Cancelo, is what I think. Yeah, yeah. well, I had him in draft, so I learned, I learned my lesson on. <laughs> not, that, not that it really would have mattered much, because I got beaten by, like, I think over 30 points. So I would have lost, my, I would have lost regardless. But, yeah, it definitely wasn't the, great, the best start that I needed. Yeah, my, my team, like, after four or five games had been played i i was on minus two i was like fucking hell what's happening here but uh luckily they turned it around um maybe i'll just list some of the exciting results brighton beat uh 10 man wolves 3-2 uh city obviously got that win after the penalty men's or sorry Kinsella bringing down Pereira. 
Uh, Arsenal beat Chelsea 1-0. Uh, Unai Emery's Aston Villa beat uh, Man United 3-1. I, th- I think the their first win over them in, since 95, I think, is, is what I hear. Yeah, that's the, the that's the stat. 95, yeah. You'll win nothing with kids. Newcastle 4-1 Southampton. Crystal Palace got a win away from home, which will come as a surprise to listeners of the FPL jingle. And Liverpool scored two against Tottenham in the first half. Tottenham rallied, but only could muster up one goal with the help of the returning Kulusevski. So, Steve, is any of these results inspiring you to make a transfer for game week 16? Mm, maybe not for 16, but maybe food for thought for after the international break. Like I watched the, uh, the Villa and United game and... I suppose it's the new manager bounce as well, but I mean, they looked re- re- way like re-energized. I thought Watkins had a pretty good game. He holds up the ball well to play in Jacob Ramsey, who eventually made, plays the ball into Bailey for the first goal. Uh, he then plays a nice pass in uh, at the start of the second half for the assist for the third. I thought he played pretty well. The, obviously, Luca Dean scored a free kick, a uh, great free kick to make it 2-0. But I thought they, they, they did really well coming out of the blocks quick after the second half, after United had scored and made it 2-1. And you're thinking, uh, it's going to get a bit nervy here, 15, 20 minutes into the second half. And, and then United maybe start dominating possession. But they got that early goal in the second half that they needed, kind of killed the game then. United really had no way back into the game after that. And... Leon Bailey looks exciting. Watkins played pretty well. Buendia looks interesting. So there's definitely like potential there, but yeah. you know I still need to wait and see it to see how they do in their, this this final week. Yeah, I noticed that that you're naming the forwards. I, I was I was thinking to myself, Unai Emery probably doesn't have a reputation for building a, a fantastic defense in his side. Uh, they go to face Brighton next week, um, and if you were taking a punt like. Maybe one of those guys you mentioned is the way to go. Yeah, potentially. Like Brighton is, uh, you know, like even Wolves, who don't have a recognized striker in their squad, managed to put two past them. Now, granted, they were at home, but still. So they're not really the side that shored up at the back as much as they were at the start of the season under Graham Potter. So there's definitely opportunities. And like, as a former Arsenal fan, like I didn't think Unai Emery was a bad coach. I just as thought a that former the situa- Arsenal fan. So so, sorry, former as an Arsenal <laughs> fan, and and uh, Emery is a former Arsenal coach. Thanks, Owen. Sorry for uh, that. No, no, uh, it's, it's good to move I, on I, to something better. <laughs> shut up, will you? We'll take you uh, <laughs> Fuck off. Um, I thought it wasn't. He wasn't really a bad coach. It just the situation just became too toxic. Um. And then, you know, there was the rumor going around of all the players making fun of him in the changing room about the way he talked and the whole good ebening thing. And it just got to a point where it just couldn't, wasn't, it wasn't working anymore. And yeah, so, but I think he is a really good coach, which he's proved because he went to Villarreal and won the um, the Europa League with them and beating United in the final. So um, He's still the top class manager, and I think he said his ambition is to win a trophy with Villa. And if uh, they could get into the champion, get into European football, so you know he's clearly set out his ambitions high. Um, but uh, yeah, that's my thoughts on that. 
Aston Villa's home game against Man United 3-1 a game I know you got your eyes on Steve is uh, Chelsea hosting hosting Arsenal I also watched yeah. this one and uh, yeah fairly fairly pitiful from the Blues I was super impressed with Arsenal's structure very annoyed with the goal that they got but by God was it coming couldn't, uh, yeah, couldn't I, deny Arsenal I, the win here Um, so there, I was impressed with this game for a few reasons number one was how they set up to the game like Graham Potter is a guy, a coach who's very known for making adjustments during the middle of the game to try and improve uh, his team and make them play better. You've seen that before with Brighton, and you even see it sometimes with Chelsea. Like you know, to, for example, I think he he took off Kukurea like after like thirty minutes in a game to change the formation around. So he's clearly not found his uh, favorite formation and his favorite players. And you could even see that here as well. Like they kind of set up with like kind of a like a a, a three at the top, at the top with like Aubameyang and Havertz and Sterling and then Mount and but they never really looked like they had any sort of structure and they looked like they were getting bypassed in midfield because then you're just relying on Kovacic and Jorginho to cover the ground and it didn't really make any sense to me where what they were trying to do they didn't really have any attacking threat really. But, I mean, the other side of the coin then is that Arsenal set up in a way that they couldn't really get much going. They had Zinchenko back, which is brilliant because it allows him to go into the midfield. It allows Xhaka to push forward on the left and then Odegaard on the right. So you create overloads there. Um, It also then frees up the middle of the pitch a bit. I thought Jesus had a really good game, was unlucky not to score, probably should have scored with that cross in from Martinelli in the first half. But yeah, the goal was coming and they eventually got it through Gabriel from the uh, the corner. But the other reason I was impressed with this uh, performance is because this is a game that in years past, when Chelsea started getting more possession, started, started piling on a, on a bit of pressure, Arsenal probably crumble and concede and maybe draw or go on to lose the game. But they didn't. They saw it out. And yeah, yeah just really, really impressed with Arsenal this season. Uh, after the after the, the performances, like the one against PSV, and obviously they went back and beat Nottingham Forest 5-0, but you're still thinking like, uh, are they are they going to finish uh, on finish strong? and go into the the break on top but I, I really do fancy them to do it now and like that's I think Arteta deserves a lot of credit there I, I saw he's he's managed 150 games for the club and has won more games than any other manager yeah uh, that sums it up pretty well I, I, I was fairly frustrated watching Chelsea do nothing um and uh, there was quite a bit of booing from the crowd as well I, I think it's a bit early to to be getting on Potter's case he'll be uh, happy to see the World Cup come were they were they booing him or were they booing Aubameyang? Like as in the Arsenal fans were just booing him whenever he The Arsenal fans were booing Aubameyang, but I think at the end of the yeah. game also Graham Potter got a bit of abuse, which I didn't think was fair, to be honest, given the, the sh- his short tenure. Yeah, it's but, funny. Uh, like He just doesn't have, seem to have a great relationship with the fans. He had that at Brighton as well. Even when they were doing well, the fans seemed to boo him. And then he would kind of come out with these comments in the press conferences like, you know, why are you booing us? Like, you know, it's almost like the meme is like, why are you, why booing, are you me? booing me? I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, and that didn't really endear him too much to the fans. And you could see that when they went and played Brighton last week and got beaten was a 4-1. So, you know, there's there's maybe something in it there with his personality more so. But uh, I just don't think he knows where what his best formation is who his best players yeah. are which is funny considering yeah. considering the amount of money that, that that's been spent on that yeah. squad that he I feels like he has to play strike uh like sterling almost as like a right wing back 
Yeah, I, I can see where um, frustrations might be mounting for, for uh, Graham because he, he probably had an idea of this team with like either Cucurella or Chilwell at left wing back and Reese James at right wing back and, and like, you know, Koulibaly and Fofana and Thiago Silva and Espelicueta, loads of centre-backs to pick from. And he probably was aware that N'Golo Kante wasn't really going to be an option this season, but yeah, I can see why his any plan that he might have had has been torn to pieces by the injuries. But there's no excuse with the players that Chelsea have to be dishing out these types of performances. Um, yeah, I mean, Arsenal were very good, but uh, Chelsea didn't offer anything when the chances came their way. I suppose we'll move on to one more game before we talk about next week's fixtures. Uh, yeah. Liverpool got two against Tottenham in the first half. Eric Dyer. Uh, yeah, at fault Eric. for one of those and a lovely header yeah he had a lovely assist to Salah for the second goal uh, I, I guess he was thinking I'll try and head it back to Lloris and he can catch it and play out from the back and we build up again but I mean Jesus Christ what a, it was a terrible pass and with Salah in the area there's always a danger that he's going to intercept it and that's exactly what happened but uh, you, you can't really say that it hadn't been coming because they probably should have had two before that because Darwin Nunes down the left-hand side for, for Liverpool or the right-hand side for Spurs was getting so much joy. Emerson Royale was pushing so far forward because they needed to create width because they had no other players up front to do any sort to, to get any sort of overloads. And then he gets caught out. And then you're talking, I think, was it Eric Dyer was, or Longley, sorry, I think was playing over on the right. And he's gotten absolutely no pace. So any sort of ball to run onto was was Darwin's a hundred percent, and if his decision making had been a bit better for a few of them, he took on a shot a couple of times, tried to go to the byline once, and if he just passed the ball inside, then he, it would have been a goal for Salah, and that's eventually how it came to be. Robertson plays a nice ball into the box from the left hand side. Darwin does a great um, control of it, takes it down, and then sees Salah with the with the space and gets it into him. One touch, he 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 knows Sessegnon's coming in with the slide tackle, so gets it out of his feet quick and and scores. But um, yeah, like Spurs, it's just it's just been the case with them in the last three or four or five games that they just don't seem to turn up in the first half, and then they go into the, the they go into the dressing room, Conte makes some adjustments, and then they come out and they're much better. And that's exactly what happened here. They were much better in the second half, and then I've, it really I've showed heard you what there's uh, there, there's this line of, or line of thinking that it's. It's resumed that Conte thinks he's the fittest team in the world and that uh, he, he wants to win every game in the second half. So just, you know, don't bother with the first one. Let them tire, theirse- let them tire themselves out with those goals and then we'll we'll win the second half. Which, <laughs> well, no, uh, I think, I think his, ph- his philosophy is probably let them tire themselves out in the first half but keep it tight. Like, you don't concede two goals because I'm then... I'm not sure. Uh, it, it hasn't really worked out like that. <laughs> yeah, no, it hasn't. But, I mean, it it, ha- it did in the first I, half of the season. I don't think Conte says, let them score their goals in the first <laughs> half. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah reset, it resets at halftime, boys. Nil-nil, second half, you know, like what you'd say to your, Forget the say to your under 11 side. <laughs> yeah, when you say to, what you say to the under 11s when they're 9-0 down at halftime. Yeah. Uh, Look, uh, it's probably it worked for them in, uh, for most of the first half of the season where they kept it tight, and then, like you said, Owen, they they relied on their superior fitness, and then they could prevailed in the second half. 
but that's they're not getting away with that anymore because they're losing more and more talent up top. They lost uh, Kulusevski to start, then they lost Richarlison, then they lost Son. They were playing Perisic up top in this game, who was try- God love him was trying his best, but that's just not his position. They eventually brought on Kulusevski and instantly had a, a spark. I think within a minute of him coming on, he had had the assist for Kane's goal, and you could see what they had been missing the whole time. And they were a threat throughout. Uh, arguably could have had a penalty in the first half from uh, Trent uh, taking down Sessegnon. I thought it was one of those where if the ref had given it, VAR wouldn't have overturned it, but because the ref didn't give it, VAR wasn't going to challenge him. So it's just one of those. But um, a much-needed win for Liverpool, uh, considering their poor run of form and considering the fact that the uh, FSG um, owners are now putting the club up for sale, which we just learned today. Yeah, it's a bit of a mad one. Um, don't don't really think I've much of a comment on it. Uh, you, you would think that Liverpool would be an asset worth holding on to. I know LeBron James has got like a massive share in it as well. But, uh, uh, I don't think it's know. massive. He has a he has a minor stake in it, I think. Mm. But um, yeah, it'd be interesting to hear their reasonings behind it. Maybe it hasn't been as profitable a venture as they had hoped. I know the like the Fenway Sports Group also owns the Red Sox, so they also have their hands in mm. American sports, where it's 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 more of an enclosed league, like you know. So there there's maybe, definitely more money. Maybe Liverpool's stock is very high right now. Maybe they're uh, anticipating a massive fall. Um, well, I think part of it is you could look at Chelsea and say maybe Abramovich got yeah, out at the right time. That's yeah. almost exactly what I was going to say. On is that yeah. you see how much Chelsea went for to Todd Bowley and his consortium of of people, and you're thinking, well, Liverpool are the better team. Their stadium was also recently renovated, so that's not something you have to put money into. Uh, you need to put a bit more money into the squad, but I mean, other than that, I think you'd be happy with it. You've got a world-class manager. So there's a lot more structure and there's a lot. Um, they're much better off. So you'd imagine they, that Liverpool will go for, for more than Chelsea, even though you know it is uh, in Merseyside as opposed to London. So from that aspect, maybe not as, as appealing, but like it's mm. one, of the, one of the top five clubs in the world historically, you know? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah. When when you when you look at the Champions League posters on the wall, you can you can see a number of those Liverpool badges. Uh, before we move off this game, I'd be exciting to see these teams uh, after the World Cup because I'm looking at the injuries: Richarlison, Son, Romero. Then at Liverpool, Luis Diaz, Matip would be a starter. Jota's there. Naby Keita, uh, yeah, not so much as an exciting one, but yeah, they, these teams will be happy to see the World Cup come and and come back stronger in the second half of the season. Looking forward to drafting our teams there during the World Cup. Uh, the Bankers, Steve, which have been yeah. going very, very badly, I think, in the last number of weeks. <laughs> the The Bankers have been going okay. The outside picks have been terrible. Uh, and that has they kind, been trend very, is kind very of... Bad. The, the, that trend has kind of continued. I think because, I don't know, maybe it's because we're trying to go too niche with the picks. Like, you know, I remember one time you were saying you can't have that player because it was too obvious. Um but uh, Haaland obviously came on at the second half and scored that penalty for for City to give them the win over Fulham in a, a somewhat controversial fashion. You just don't know what was going through Robinson's head when he tried to challenge De Bruyne because he was always going to go down there. Uh, Kane returned, uh, as I mentioned before, in that game against Liverpool. Uh, we had Callum Wilson in, who unfortunately was taken off at halftime and was sick, so obviously he blanked. Uh, I had gone for Jared Bowen because I fancied West Ham and that was my mistake and then you had gone for Mason Mount probably with your Chelsea bias 
and so uh, they he blanked as well. So yeah, again, outside picks not not a great shout. Yeah, I was hoping that this might be this might be the game that Chelsea were turned around and they produced an even worse performance than usual. So not, <laughs> uh, not my best pick. I think, Steve, it's time for a commercial break. When we come back, we'll discuss Game Week 16. We'll take questions from Twitter. We'll have more uh, bankers and outside picks that I wouldn't advise listening to. And also the draft <laughs> for a few minutes at the end. So lots coming up. Who's, uh, who's, spo- who's sponsoring this ad break on? I'm going to say ThinkPad because they make my laptop. So uh, ThinkPad. Think about pads. Listener, if you're done thinking about pads, we're going to tell you all about Game Week 16. Uh, Last week before the World Cup kicks off over in Qatar, there are some nice fixtures to get some points from. Man City will host Brentford. Uh, Liverpool take on Southampton. Hopefully they end on a high, well, at least in fantasy sense. Not that I like Liverpool. Tottenham play Leeds. Uh, Kulosevsky might get something there. Uh, Arsenal then are taking on Wolves who in weeks gone by we've said are a team that we really should be targeting and we also mentioned Nottingham Forest Palace go to face them who historically have not been good away from home but they bucked the trend last week so a nice few games where we should be getting points Steve with one week left yeah yeah, um, it's interesting that City are kind of in the er- what I would nearly classify as the early game again. I know that there was a bunch of games that were played at, um, like I think it was a two o'clock on Saturday or some for there's some weird thing that was going on with the scheduling anyway. But uh, would, uh, any idea why there was no early game? I I actually don't. Uh, no, I can only presume that it had something to do with potential Champions League fixtures and needing to get moved around because the reason that Arsenal. Or the reason that our, there was no two o'clock game shown the week beforehand was because Liverpool had to get their game rescheduled uh, because of Champions League. So anyway, it's just a bit of a mess. But look, it is what it is. Um, yeah, Brentford will have Ivan Tony back, but uh, they weren't that impressive. I mean, they managed to get something out of that game with Nottingham Forest. But uh, again, like I think they're one another team that just wants to get to the break and tr- and hopefully get a bit of a break and try and rebuild. Uh, City, meanwhile, like Haaland won't be going to the World Cup, so he'll probably be keen to to finish on a high. He's um he's his goal scoring record is second to none. Uh, and then like Spurs have a really nice uh, fixture against Leeds, or what you would have said was a really nice fixture against Leeds if Leeds hadn't just um. Got two wins on the bounce, one of which is against uh, Liverpool. They had a nice uh, 3-1 comeback against uh, Bournemouth to win that game. Uh, So Jesse Marsh's job feels like it's a little bit more secure and he'll probably last out the winter break at least. But uh, they'll have Kulu back for that game, which I think is massive for them. And he'll be desperate for a bit of form before Sweden go to the World Cup. I think Newcastle have a chance to really inflict some pain on Chelsea. Uh, given their poor form and Newcastle's high flying form, uh, St James's Park is not a, a great place to go and visit uh, as of late. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, like Liverpool at home to a Southampton side that are constantly leaking goals and who have just sacked their manager is about as good as it can get for them uh, to finish off this first half of the season. 
Uh, absolutely. They're, they're, they're needing a win, I would say. I mean, if they lose that and then they're whatever, 10 points uh, off I, the I don't even think a draw. I think a draw might as well be a loss in that game. They have to win that game. Yeah, absolutely. To start a, a Champions League position run. Um, if uh, Chelsea and Man City lineups come out and Phil Foden is in the starting Man City lineup, I'll I'll probably kick the nearest cat available in the EFL Cup. Oh, in the EFL Cup, yeah. If Foden starts in that game, you really do feel like it's just I'll, I'll, I'll Kurt Zuma this bitch like. <laughs> oh my god, no, <laughs> Pep, don't play him. Think of the cats, Pep. I'm not, I'm not even a cat person. I'm a dog there's person. A, there's still. a kid in hospital hoping you <laughs> that you don't start. I know because I put him there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, at home to Chelsea in the AFL Cup, like they're obviously going to want to try and go go as far as deep into every competition as they can. So you'd, you'd fancy both sides to probably put out a strong team. So it'd be interesting to see what they go for as Haaland start that game. And it's also on the Wednesday as well, so they have one less day's turnaround. So yeah, that'll be really, really interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, I think Haaland will probably get a lot of minutes uh, these last few games before the world cup obviously getting the rest we've already mentioned so lots of opportunities for points there will we take a look at what's happening on twitter steve and what uh, what people are going to do with their team this week is that okay with you no it's not but we're going to do it anyway well, we can do something else like um i could prepare a little quiz can we sit in silence until the end of the podcast spell west ham without looking at the name what that's the first question on the quiz. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, is it? Yeah. Uh, right, so questions from Twitter. First question, Owen. Would you take a hit in fantasy this week? I would not take a hit. Uh, I don't have massive fires that I need to put out right now, other than Phil Foden. He has been a fire in my arse. But, um, <laughs> no, I mean, like, when you're, when you're taking the hit, you're obviously, you're doing it. You take the minus four, and you don't need to get the minus four back the first week if if you can get the minus four back over two or three weeks that's generally the reasoning for taking the hit rather than waiting yeah. to make the transfer the following week but yeah. now you you're going into a world cup so you need immediately to get rid of a player who you say okay he's going he's only going to get zero so the player i get in is at least going to get two and then you say it's only as a minus two then you absolutely need that player to get at least an assist or a clean sheet or something like that yeah. And most players blank most weeks, so why would you chance it? I, I don't think it's worth it this week. Well, I tell you, and I'm in an interesting predicament here in that my team is shite, or has been playing shite, and I have I two transfers. I thought you liked it that way. I, you would think anyway, but uh, <laughs> turns it turns out I don't. Uh, and I'm not sure where I should be making changes. I feel like Mitrovic, Haaland, and Kane is a solid front three. And then Saka, Martinelli, De Bruyne, and Foden. Like, like you mentioned there with Foden, is it? Do I do I do I get rid of him? Do I get in a cheaper midfielder and then maybe go for a a good defender? Because at the moment I've got like White and then Dyer and then just Shite really and Guayhi, Patterson, Williams, who are pretty much all bench players. Um, I don't mind playing Guayhi against Forest this week, even though it's away. Um, mm. And I would be waiting on the news for Foden. I, to be honest, I expect Foden is going to play in the EFL Cup, and he's just not going to play. He's going to get you. He's going to be a one pointer. 
But yeah, because I've been burned means... by that last couple of weeks. Yeah, three weeks in a row. We, we, yeah. we, we both got him, I think, the same time. And fucking dick. But um, <laughs> then you need... So because Phil's at one... He's definitely a one-pointer. Uh, so that means you, you're going to take a minus three with your hit. So someone who comes no, in no. gets you... I don't need a minus three. I have two free transfers. Oh, okay. Oh well, then. Like, that's I mean, why. That's that's why I'm saying the interesting predicament that I could get. I could potentially bring him out for someone else and potentially free up space to upgrade a player in a different position. Oh, I thought we were still on the topic of taking a hit. Um. Oh, yeah, yeah. Get rid of Foden and uh, get rid of someone other than Gahey. I don't know who your other, who your other two defenders. Uh, yeah. Patterson, what? Williams, and Dyer. I'd probably get rid of either Patterson or Williams. Maybe Patterson, whichever one is more expensive. I'd probably just get rid of. Um, then, then it's just a one-week thing where you get rid of Foden, who was only going to be a one-pointer. You bring in like an Almiron or a Trossard or whoever is is good this week, and uh, get in a saucy defender as well. Mm. Like that's just a sensible move. I mean, like you can yeah. you can wait for the EFL Cup for that, but I'm fairly confident that's just a good idea. Yeah. I don't know. Almiron against Chelsea feels like a potentially um, tricky fixture for him. Uh, Trossard is. It also at feels. Home. It also feels like Chelsea are shite, and maybe we should just pick the guy in form. Yeah, maybe we're overthinking it. Yeah, that's potentially. Uh, that's potentially it. But anyway, we're we're straying off of the the question zone. So to get back to the question, yeah, you're being the selfish one, there, Steve. I know, I know, and that's um, that's uh, that's something I have to work on on this podcast. I'm uh, I'm really I'm really letting the team down here. Uh, the next one was uh, Callum Wilson. Obviously, was taken off with the uh, the illness at halftime against Southampton. But players who have brought him in, do they keep him in the side or do they change him out for this game against Chelsea? So normal run of the mill. Callum Wilson's fully fit. Uh, no problem keeping him in the squad against Chelsea. Just. I have him in draft and I will be starting him. Um, but I will be waiting for news in this illness. Part of me thinks, well, I don't know, Wilson's not definitely going to the World Cup, but he might. And part of me thinks like this illness is not real. So we'll just see what comes out of that. Um, I'd be waiting for news. Um, and if there's no bad news, I'd be keeping him. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I still think he can offer something against that Chelsea side and if they do win a penalty he's very good at taking penalties as well so I'd be sticking with absolutely uh, he's been what, what's his form his form is I'm not going to look it up his form is good uh, G-O-O-D the form, it says oh, the here. hormone is, it, so, is she good yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> Kesht Ivera 3. Kesht Ivera 3. Us on uh, Twitter, Ask Welga. Uh, who do you get in to replace João Cancelo, the uh, Man City right slash left back? Uh, he's got his uh, three, is that a three game suspension now? If it's a straight red, it's a three game suspension, yeah. So he's out for two games after the World Cup. Oof. Get rid of Cancelo. Uh, I'd be probably bringing in just for this week uh, maybe a Man City midfielder seeing as they're playing Brentford uh, maybe a Bernardo Silva might be my favourite because you already have De Bruyne and, and Haaland most likely you're not going to get Foden I don't think you're going to trust Grealish or Mares. so then it's Bernardo Silva is that, is that, uh, is that about right? yeah yeah prob- yeah that's about that's right that's a double I'd move you're, you're, yeah 
interesting. You wouldn't uh, you wouldn't go straight from Cancelo to another city defender, would you? I mean, like the it's rotation hell there, isn't it? You know, I mean, like Diaz didn't start the last game. You've got a Kenji Stones, Ake Laporte. Yeah, uh, but I mean, it feels like it feels like whoever doesn't start, whatever centre back doesn't start in the game against Chelsea is going to start in the game against Brentford. Like if it's if the centre backs are Diaz and Laporte, then you know. Akanji's definitely playing, and then Stones probably plays right back. Um, or does even a can or does even a Kanji go to left back because um he's done that before, and because they're missing now Cancelo, and maybe they're they don't want Sergio Gomez in that spot. Like so, it feels like there's definitely a bit with Cancelo suspended now. It opens it up a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, I, I I mean like any other day of the week, if you were asking me, I'm I'm going picking up a, a Man City centre back. I'd say no get a fullback or get Ederson um, but because it's one week and because Cancelo's suspended and you, because you have to bring in a defender Man City's probably the best team to bring them in from and is a centre-back that's available we have, we will have cup information at hand but yeah you, we have to wait and see probably going to be probably going to be a Kanji that you'll end up picking up just for the one week before the wild card I don't hate that. I think that's fine. I think I'd, when I'd be looking at my team, I'd be like, nice, that's one spot locked down rather than having to put in the likes of fucking Nico Williams or some shit like that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, okay, well, that kind of answers that question more or less. And then, like, kind of like the final question I have anyway, unless you have any ones after this one on. Chelsea assets out? Is it time to dump? Like, you know, Kepa's got that injury now that it's probably going to keep him out to make sure he's fresh for the World Cup. They're playing bad football. They've lost two games in a row. Sterling looks lost. Aubameyang looks shite. Havertz and Mount aren't doing anything. Like, is it time to dump out? And then also, is it too early to start looking at maybe someone like Villa? Like, you know, the, the like we were talking about earlier in the episode? I think it potentially is, but I'd be interested to hear in your thoughts. Yeah, well, I suppose when you're thinking about the question, like, who do people have? Some people will have Cucurella, and that's it. I don't think anyone has any of the midfielders or forwards. Reese James and Chilwell are injured. The centre-backs rotate a little bit, and Kepa's injured. So I think it's fair to say Cucurella is the only player that you would have at the moment. Would I drop him when they go into a game in St. James's Park? Yeah, I probably would. I'd probably just look at one of those Man City defenders that we spoke about. Would it be the biggest fire in your team? Maybe not. Maybe maybe you're struggling for players. Uh, in which case, I'm kind of, kind of okay with it. I mean, like he, he he's always he has a high ceiling, I think. But uh, yeah, obviously Chelsea players are like no one has any <laughs> to get rid of. Um, <laughs> other than that, um, and Aston Villa in. I mean, it's a one-week punt. Uh, who else are you going to go for? You have Arsenal players. You have City players. You might take a punt on Nunez this week. You might take a punt on Kulazewski at Tottenham. Do you bring in an Aston Villa player instead? The likes of Watkins. I mean, like, Brighton are leaking now under Deserby, so I don't mind the Watkins punt as much as I would. I'd probably personally go for Nunez for the week, but uh, yeah. Watkins is in, in there thereabouts with uh, Kulazewski as well. Yeah, so Brighton uh, have an average of conceding of scoring a goal of or scoring one point five eight goals a game, but also conceding one point two five 
And then conversely, um, Aston Villa score 0.85 goals a game and then concede 1.54. But you kind of feel like that that's going to that's kind of a little misleading given that Unai Emery is in charge now and it feels like that's going to change a little bit. They do have one of the tougher fixtures if you're looking at the kind of fixture index uh, for this week. Arsenal do have the easiest, uh, followed by Bournemouth, surprisingly, at home to Everton, and then uh, Brighton. <laughs> so it's kind of like a reversal, we're saying, potentially Vela assets, whereas uh, the it seems like the stats are saying that Brighton have one of the best uh fixtures but I th- again I think that's slightly misleading because of the change in manager for Villa so um, those were all the questions I had in what's turned into a segment where I have actually asked you the questions as opposed to the other way around in the usual format and uh, how did that make you feel um, I mean it was okay obviously we stopped recording and I spent uh, 20 minutes researching each answer so that helped yeah but uh, using the Lenovo ThinkPad yeah I was thinking about pads for that for that that whole <laughs> stint um yeah yeah uh, looking forward to next week's uh ending pod a break and then uh draft and that'll be good crack uh this week's bankers then um they're they're oh yeah they're, <laughs> <laughs> you forgot about those they're pretty, yeah i actually generally <laughs> did they're pretty obvious uh number one i'm just not going to say number one number two is harold kane i think he got in at number two last week as well and returned Mm. they face leeds yeah correct um i they do they've kulazewski back in the side i'm amazed that like kulazewski played like what did he play like 15 games or so was he was he there all last season and now he is the only no he's they signed in january but he signed in January, but from January onwards, he had the most chance creation of any player in the league, and I think he was like had like the most assists of anyone in the league. Mad that even then, like with Richarlison in the side, he couldn't. You know, I'm not going to say he couldn't get a game, but Richarlison was starting ahead of him for there for a little bit. Conte was trying to rotate so that they didn't get burnt out and get injured, and then they all just got injured anyway. He should have just played the fuck out of Kulazewski and hoped that Richarlison stayed fit. Yeah. So number three is yeah. where you could start to debate who you'd have in the side. Maybe you'd have Jesus against Wolves or, or Saka. Uh, maybe you'd have one of the Newcastle boys, even though they're facing Chelsea. But Steve, this week you've gone for... Yeah, gone for Salah. I think the two goals in uh, London against Spurs were exactly what he needed. And again, not going to the World Cup a bit like Haaland, so he'll want to kind of end on a high. And there's there's no better time to be playing Southampton uh, right now <laughs> than after a four one loss to Newcastle, and they've sacked Hassan Hudel. So uh, potentially could be in for a, a, a real drumming uh, on on this game. Maybe so a that's nine. Who I've a gone nine for the... They like those. No, I think that's a, that's a Hassan that's a Hassan Hudel staple. I think that leaves uh. with him. You know, it follows him to the next place he goes. No one beats Southampton 9-0 three times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then uh, outside picks, I've gone for Ollie Watkins after kind of hyping him up in the first half of the episode. I think he could potentially do something against this Brighton side, and that's who I've gone for. Oh, and you've gone for someone who else we've talked about on this podcast a fair bit today. Yeah, so we've uh, we mentioned at the top of the pod like that the bankers have just been absolute stink for a long time. So we need to safen them up. We need to lock them down. We need to keep our eyes on the goal, and we need to pick Kulusevski. Uh, he's going to get an assist. Uh, Harry Kane is going to score the goal that he assists, and that's what we're predicting. 
in that game against Leeds United. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Yeah, that seems to be the formula for Spurs, or was up until he got injured. You know, he was a big chance creation uh, guy for them, and was uh, especially coming off that right wing, he was causing havoc against uh, Liverpool. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes. Um, final topic then, Owen, is in fantasy, uh, in draft. I mean, uh, I had a very um, demoralizing loss heavy, to heavy loss. Mitch this week. Heavy, heavy, heavy loss this week to Mitch. But I suppose it's one of those ones where I'm glad that if it was going to happen, I'm glad it happened that way. And my team didn't really turn up because now that I'm, I'm in my head, I'm thinking, well, at least they'll turn up next week, even though that's not exactly how fantasy works at all. But uh, it makes me feel better, Owen, and that's what that's all about, really. That's what fantasy is all about, is making me feel better. I would say fantasy almost always does the opposite. But <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, had a, I had a nice win this week, uh, turn up for the books. Um, Salah got me 15, uh, and then a few other returners around the place. I got 43 points. Danny Ward, the Leicester goalkeeper, doing me some favours the last few weeks, actually. Uh, Kepa sitting on my bench I only had one point on my bench which is lovely to see no way you'd have like fucking 40 nice. points down there um, yeah. it was my first week where I got a very average score and beat another very average score uh, you'll have a few of those in the yeah. season I'm happy that it's that started that maybe I can get a bit more of them if I had one more win and scored a few more points I could possibly be in sixth right now so uh, yeah the charge yeah, the charge for well, seventh it's, it's is, incredibly... is, is going it's incredibly tight. Uh, obviously, Herbert's leading the league out front on his own after the win during the week, but then Owen, Dylan, and Mark slipped up, so they're kind of tied uh, on points, but in second and third. And then Cahill, surprisingly, on fourth outright, Come on, uh, the closest. And then and then it uh, and then it kind of all really just kind of bunches up. Then a lot of people on twenty four, twenty one, eighteen, that sort of thing. So there's uh, still all to play for. I think it's probably oh, what I'd be right in saying. It's one of the the most tightly contested leagues that we've had, at least since I've joined. Um, maybe around week sixteen. That's, yeah, the middle of the table is is exceptionally tight. But the guys that are in front are are in front by a few a nice few points. Like Herbert is four wins ahead of me at the moment. I think. So yeah, that's a lot to but make I mean, up. if you look at the but I mean, if you look at their points scored, it's lower than most other people so like logic would tell you that they will regress a bit more towards the average so i'm hope well that's what i'm telling myself anyway so <laughs> hopefully so uh yeah and uh that's um that's about it i think Owen. i will i, think, uh, I will point I, out I, don't have anything uh, else to add. I will point out that uh, my last two weeks i beat the guys in first and second in herbert and Owen dylan so a giant killer in the making. Ah, uh, Herbert didn't have Haaland. Herbert didn't have Haaland. That barely counts. I beat him by a considerable margin. I think I scored sixty-five last week. Sixty-two. Mm. He's just a Volkswagen with a mind a of fair... his own. <laughs> How long have you been thinking of that one? On <laughs> that one came to me like just like that. I didn't even have it wrote down. So. Yeah, yeah, sure. There he goes. Sure. Bananas. Uh, I think that'll do it, Steve, for episode 16 of season two of the FPL jingle. Yep. Okie doke. <laughs> uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that on Discord, preferably, because that's easier to get to talk to people on. Uh, that'll be linked in the podcast description. You can get us on Twitter. That's at the FPL jingle. And you can look at the website 
fpljingle.com. Uh, thanks for listening. Enjoy your EFL Cup. We'll be in Munich this weekend. Looking forward to it. And good luck. Go Seahawks. <laughs> <laughs>